We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from Wild Turkey Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey. Let's tune in to their one-on-one with Jamal, a real bartender from Old Fourth Ward in Atlanta. I really get into the backstory of whatever I'm pouring. Out of respect, there are literally years of experience behind these bottles. Wild Turkey, same recipe since 1942. If you want a true classic, this is what you want to order. Wild Turkey. Wild Turkey Distilling Company, Lawrenceburg, Kentucky. Copyright 2020, Campari, American, New York, New York. Never compromise, drink responsibly. This is the Rotowire Fantasy Football Podcast. Here's your host, John Helton. Hey everybody, it's John Halpin. Welcome to the Thursday, August 17th edition of the Rotowire Fantasy Football Podcast, sponsored by Yahoo Fantasy Football. My new colleague, longtime friend, but new colleague, Tim Heaney's with me today. You've been with Rotowire longer than me, Tim. So uh, hey, thanks for doing this. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, I like how you're, you're kissing the ring a little bit here, but uh, you're getting some nice revenge on me for waking me up early this morning and probably gonna be waking me up up early for the rest of the uh, the football season so uh yeah very nice uh, exchange we got going on here <laughs> folks we are recording at 9 15 on thursday morning <laughs> early he says some of us aren't morning people oh, dude i get up at five <laughs> it's like i've had half a day already um not that that's like, this could be like the odd couple or something i don't know i guess so <laughs> i used to be you not anymore all right uh, tim i want to tell one news thing first we're going to folks we're going to get into tight ends today we're going to serve a tight end deep dive and talk about a lot of people um we've done running backs and wide receivers already here we're going to talk tight ends but before that i just want to ask you one thing in the news mike gillisley still not practicing we are getting close here he he was a very popular running back uh, you know, it all summer. And everybody thought, wow, they're like Eric Blunt roll. And boy, he's good. And he averaged five yards of carry. And he's going to be awesome with the Patriots and score eight kajillion touchdowns. 
And now he's not practicing. And we all have this thought in our head of Bill Belichick staring, you know, boring fire through his eyes into Mike Gillisley saying, get on the field. And he's not. And, and what, what do we do here with, with all the Patriots backs w- with this situation? <sighs> all right. <laughs> I'm like, the metrics are great for Gillisley from last year. You know, his, his efficiency rate, I believe, was one of the big ones. He, he was, his success rate converting short runs was good, which you, you think would be good for, for doing the LeGarrette Blunt role, you know, because that, that would be the, what he's required. But I actually think this news might help temper his ADP to a place where I would want to take the chance on him because I, I like him, but I think it's been a little bit too, you know, crazy focused on one running back for a Patriots backfield that we know as has screwed with us so many times in the past. Uh, you know, they have guys like James White and Rex Burkett who are actually are pretty good in the red zone and can do that little bit of short yardage role, aren't exactly, you know, pint size for their size. James White, you know, proving he can do it in the Super Bowl a little bit. Um, you know, if he moves down to like round seven, I think that's actually appropriate time to to, to move on on Gillisley because, you know, sometimes the laws of nature just kind of dictate ADP moving down or, you know, or they dictate us getting a better value out of players as weeks go on. You know, the, the May ADP and the August ADP look very different, but the August one often is, is going to be the more uh, rational one. OK, um, I'm on Team Burkhead, by the way. Yeah. This one. It, it, and the price it, is the reason, really. I like White and Burkhead as running backs, but it's just a situation as usual. It's going to cloud everything. Right. All right, everybody, we would like to thank Yahoo Fantasy Football, as always, for sponsoring the Rotowire Fantasy Football podcast. You can sign up now for Yahoo Fantasy Football, rotowire.com slash Yahoo. Also, Twitter, Tim's at Tim underscore Heaney. I'm at jhalpin 37 You can also tweet us at Rotowire, get player updates at Rotowire NFL, or you can check us out on Facebook. All right, like I said, we're going to do tight ends. And let's, you know, we'll start at the top. Where do you feel comfortable drafting Gronk? And would you be excited about it wherever, wherever you think you have to do it? In a standard league, I think it had to be late second round just because we have guys now that are a little bit more reliant in the health, reliable in the health department. Like, like we'll get to the guy Travis Kelsey in a minute and, you know, Jimmy Graham breaking out last year. I think the difference between, between Gronk and other tight ends, you know, it, it, when you factor health in, it's, it's not as big as many people think anymore. It, if it's like a heavy tight end league, if you know you get like it's, if it's like the, the Scott Fishbowl where, you know, they, they have extra points for tight ends or they have, you have to start an extra tight end or something like that. Then you have to kind of consider late first round still, and the fact that the fact that there are more replaceable tight ends for you know replacement value uh, makes Gronk a little bit more valuable there. You know, and the positional advantage there comes into play a little bit more. So standard foot fantasy leagues, I'm not considering a tight end until the third round, and Gronk maybe late second if the value plays otherwise, and I can wait on other positions. Uh, you know, on on the comeback if I want to snag him there. Okay, um, yeah. Right now, I'm, I'm using for ADPs. I'm using MFL. He's number 20 overall. So it's sort of the second, latter half of the second round anyway. That's, yeah, that's around kind of what I'm thinking here. You, you, know, you know what he offers when he's on the field. It's just when's he going to be on the field. Right. Okay. Number two tight end consensus pretty much is Travis Kelsey. Now, I am pulling up Travis Kelsey's numbers now, but it, put it this way. If we got Kelsey's numbers at a Gronk, I mean, Kelsey last year, 85 catches, 1,125 yards. All right, only four touchdowns. You would think with that kind of volume, even on the Chiefs, he'll score more touchdowns. So he, he's, going, he's going around later than Gronk, and you would think he's sort of money in the bank. In a PPR league, sure. You know, the, the red zone erraticness has me a little bit worried. You know, they, they have a couple of running backs they can use now. You know, if the Kareem Hunt rise 
you know, plays out as we expect it to. There could be another option there for the red zone. You know, um, Kelsey used to be relying on a lot of big plays, and he still kind of is with this low touchdown rate. I don't, I don't see it going to double digits, uh, but, you know, PPR, I totally get that Kelsey's probably a lot safer than, than Gronkowski, and you can get him around later. That's a better ROI. And, you know, Rotowire, our PPR rankings have Kelsey number one. So I get the logic behind it. Will I spend the money to buy high on Travis Kelsey? You know, it is, might not be the best thing for me. I think t- there's still plenty of tight ends that you can get later on that, that you, don't, you don't have to buy coming off a career year. Uh, which, you know, can be a very, um, you know, uh, risky concept if, if you pay a second and third round price for a guy. So I, I get the love behind it. Great player. Um, but do we trust Alex Smith to look his way more in the red zone? I really don't. Yeah, I, you can never trust him to do that. That's that's true. Um, all right. So now we're going to go down a little more and we're going to go down, let's say, at the four or five turn. Jordan Reed, more injuries, um, his toe has been bothering him. He says now, well, it feels good. He's hoping to return next week, blah, blah, blah. Um, I've asked a number of people, you know, at one po- at what point does Jordan Reed have another injury? And it just kind of, it just kind of spooks you, whether it's logical or not. Does it kind of spook you at this point? Do, do you think he sort of could slip and become a bargain or is he a guy you look at and you go, you know what? I, I don't know about this. I don't know if I can stomach it. Uh, it, it really depends on context, you know, league settings, that sort of thing. If you have an IR spot and you can get them like in around six or something, I, I would I would take the chance on that. I think the the, the return there would be nice. I got him, in, you know, for twelve dollars in a two hundred cap uh, auction for the huddle league recently. And we have an IR spot and it's a deep bench. You, you know, you, you buy a second tight end, you know, for really cheap. And the investment was not terrible. So I was like, all right, you know, I'll run with this. He's going to be the red zone, a red zone weapon with uh, Kirk Cousins. You know, Terrell Pryor might worry some folks. It's understandable because you know he's got that skill set to him, and you know, Jamison Crowder has this very similar ability to kind of you know catch balls over the middle and stuff like that. But you know, I think Reed's still the number one <laughs> when, when, all, when it's all said and done. When he's on the field, you know, Pryor would probably be the one B, I guess, if you want to call Reed a one A. So if you can get him as like the seventh tight end overall, something like that, you know, I would probably pull the trigger on that. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's gonna Reed for as much as he plays, he's gonna catch five or six passes a game. And he's going to catch a bunch of t- a decent number of touchdowns. I mean, at least every other week, you would think. So yeah, th- yeah, that's that's all you can really hope for every other week in right. fantasy football. So and I'm with you. Round round six, I w- I would be happy to take that bet because you can find someone to to fill in if you need to. Um, everybody, we've got to thank our friends at Yahoo Fantasy Football for sponsoring the RotoWire Fantasy Football Podcast. With Yahoo Fantasy Football, there are endless ways to feel feel the feel the wind feel the winds. Whether it's a winning win, a winning piece of smack talk, or actually winning on the field, it's football in its funnest, best form. Where there's no such thing as an excessive celebration. Yahoo Fantasy Football is free to play, easy to use on a desktop or on mobile with the Yahoo Fantasy Sports app. You can sign up today, RotoWire.com/slash/yahoo. Download that app, which has been rated number one by the Fantasy Sports Trade Association for three years in a row. Tim, I've asked some people on this. Where do you, when you're watching on Sunday? Are you a laptop guy, a tablet, a, a phone app? You've probably got Twitter open somewhere. What, what's your setup? Yeah, I'm usually doing social media for, for most of uh, you know, game day on Sundays, if, if not for my phone or tablet or whatever. I, I definitely have Red Zone on, so I can react quickly to that. You know, with us, it's, uh, you know, I, I've kind of taken – I try to take enjoyment wherever I can. I try to – you know, if I watch at a bar or something, I do try to have my Twitter open anyway just to kind of see what's going on. But yeah, Red Zone mostly and Twitter – I, I've listened to a bunch of people suggest that they're not looking at fantasy stats. I, I might want to try that unless I have to make like a late swap or something. Just ignore the fantasy uh, scoring aspect because it's like 
it's it's torture because yes. <laughs> <laughs> every half point you're like yes or your other guy gets reception no it's you know you got you got to play the whole meta game instead of the, the macro game instead of the micro with fantasy i think to really enjoy football watch football take notes on the action itself on screen so i think i'd make more of an effort to do that this year yeah it's, it's so funny you mentioned red zone my, my kids have gotten to the point where they just they go in another room and they watch red zone when i'm watching a the game <laughs> they just sit there you know oh look Jeremy Macklin scored. Okay, if you say so. That's great. And that doesn't happen a lot, by the way. <laughs> no, no, no. That, that, that's pretty rare. So. <gasps> all right, everybody. The Yahoo Fantasy app messenger allows for all the witty banter and smack talk that your league can muster. The app is just as extensive as the desktop experience, letting you draft, trade, comb waiver options right on your phone. You get in-depth player and matchup analysis to help you fine-tune your roster each and every week. Switch your league to Yahoo where you can manage your league dues for free. Sign up today for Yahoo Fantasy Football at rotowire.com slash Yahoo. That's rotowire.com slash Yahoo. Yahoo Fantasy Football. Feel the wins. All right, more tight ends. We're going down the ladder a little bit. And, and since, I mean, we're going to spend this whole time talking about tight ends, we're just going to keep, we're not going to go down the entire list of tight ends, but we're going to do a lot of them. Greg Olson is next after Reed. ADP-wise, he is going, I mean, they are neck and neck pretty much, mm-hmm. ADP-wise. At some point, I mean, what we... The Panthers, they have more weapons than they did last year. People think Funches might step up. They drafted McCaffrey. They drafted Curtis Samuel. Uh, Cam's going to throw more short passes, blah, 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 blah. Because of this offensive evolution that the Panthers seem to be undergoing, does Greg Greg Olson's production, do you think it'll drop off some, or do you think he's rock solid, I, I am rolling with him the same way as I have before? I'm going to be lame and mix those two because I think his ceiling's capped a little bit more, uh, you know, because there'll be some, you know, more more targets to feed there. And, you know, some people talk about, you know, they, the more targets that might actually help Olsen. I don't I don't think so. You know, McCaffrey can run a nice route tree. He's not just like a screen dump off guy. He can run, you know, almost like wide receiver type routes there. Curtis Samuel, you know, for for the learning curve, say all you want. You know, there's some talent there. But, you know, Olsen is a high is a high floor guy. Elite floor guy, and you know you draft him as such. You know when it when it comes down to like a, a Reed or an Olsen, if you want the security, you take Olsen. You want the risk, the high risk, high reward, you take Reed. I, Olsen, you know, it's one of the really safe ones you can you can take here. Um, you know, like a Jimmy Graham, probably a little bit more, even more upside for Graham, I think. And Olsen, you know, a very similar tier of just you want that guy, you don't have to worry about tight ends for the for the rest of the draft. Fine, take him in round seven and and, and adjust other positions. Um, you know, because also still. Cam's number one, I think. He looks yep. his way more often. I mean, Kelvin Benjamin, you know, can become closer to that, but it's also going to be the the, the the safe safety net option there. So, you know, the, the targets, you know, 120, 130-something targets are going to be pretty much in the books as long as he plays a full season. Do you want to buy that he plays another full season? I don't think he's missed a game in like eight or nine, ten years, something like that. Right. Uh, but, um, you know. He's so literally that, played 16 games for nine years in a row. Yeah, I mean, how much do you want to, you know, buy on into that continuing you know people talk about last year the year before his 10 years before stats you know does that really matter for this year and you know i think you can get him at a price now where you know you, you can say he misses one or two games and still be okay with it so yeah just a relatively safe choice i just don't know if there's another level that we're going to see from him this year all right olsen last three years catches 84 77 80 only three touchdowns last year though and you would think that would bounce back even even if they spread yeah. the ball around a little more all right Kev's health too, you know that that's going to be a big deal. And uh, if if he shows well enough in the preseason, there'll be I might increase my outlook a little more. Gotcha. Okay. Next, we got Tyler Eifert. We were worried about his back during the off season. He's he's good, hundred percent. He says he's been that way for a while. 
Tyler Eifert, last two years, 21 games played, 18 touchdowns. Mm -hmm. I mean, I I know that rate is hard to sustain, but it's pretty clear that Andy Dalton likes to look for him in the red zone. No, absolutely. He's, yeah, Yeah. of course. I was going to say, (laughs) ADP-wise, he's he's, he's end of the sixth. Do you, do you think he – I would think Tyler Eifert is more likely to outperform that than fall short of it. What do you think? Yeah, I, I think the – it's funny because it's kind of close to Jordan Reed. I have you know Reed and Eifert also in a very similar tier just because there is you know the risk but amazing reward involved here. You know, the volume might not be there for Eifert in terms of targets because you know they, they've gotten you know these guys like John Ross and to add to A.J. Green. You know, Giovanni Bernard, if he's still around, Joe Mixon might take a lot of some of these targets. Tyler Boyd's still kind of hanging around there. You know, I for probably will be you know num- the number two in the in the pecking order as long as he's healthy with with that sort of thing and and he has the body and makeup to really be a red zone threat. So yeah, you know that th- there's that is it's another one of those that giant group in the middle rounds where you can be like okay, I could settle quote unquote for Tyler Eifert and even if I get like you know ten games out of him, it's it's not really a big deal. So yeah, um, you know Eifert is still a, a red zone guy that you have to really. Really, really take advantage of, you know, even, even more so a non PPR because of, of, of his dynamic ability to score touchdowns when he does. OK, um, yeah, I think I'd be excited to t- if I waited on tight ends and I got Tyler Eifert in in round six, I think I'd be pretty happy. Yeah, um, no, absolutely. Yeah. All right. N- next next one down. Actually, the next one down ADP. It's another round later. Kyle Rudolph. Mm. And I'm thinking PPR more than standard, but. I mean, Kyle Rudolph caught 83 passes last year. And, and Sam Bradford, is the, I, I think I, I've been saying lately that a lot of people over the past month have been on this podcast with me. And I feel like I've heard more than I expected that the Vikings offense is going to be better. I um, agree. So, I agree. So does that mean – but Sam Bradford and, – and Bradford, in his defense, last year he came in – I, mean, I know he completed a lot of passes. Everything was dink and dunk, but he came in, I mean, what, five days before the start of the season. So it's, it's not like they, they could install much right away. And I don't know how much it took him to catch up on that stuff and all that. But it, he's always been kind of a dink and dunk guy. And I look at Rudolph and I see 83 catches last year. And I kind of go, why? I know, I know they were, sh- you know, the yards per catch wasn't big, but seven touchdowns. And I, I think looking at that, I think he can pretty easily do that again. And I don't. And his draft stock doesn't seem to reflect that. Do you think there's going to be a statistical drop off, or do you think we can? Am I crazy to look and go? Why not repeat? It seems pretty logical to me. No, I, I think so. You know, any regression you want to say with efficiency is probably written off by the fact that this, the passing attack will probably be a little better. You know, Bradford does have experience with Pat Shermer. Shermer, you know, took over the offensive coordinator duties. You know, middle of the season last year, and I think that kind of help Bradford with, with his efficiency and his accuracy. You know, Bradford's very accurate, and, and a big target that Rudolph's going to help with that. So, um, But, you know, I, I could see them challenging deep a bit more, too. You know, Adam Thielen was kind of a sneaky little metrics guy last year that really didn't pay off as much as he, he, the, the numbers even said he should have. And, you know, then they have Stefan Diggs, who you know, was missing time here and there last year. He might, you know, eat a little into a little more of Rudolph's production. But, you know, Rudolph's like – I think Rudolph might be the, um, the, the, the last of like the really safe – you know, guys for me that if you wait to the middle rounds, like the value will really be there. Um, but yeah, I, I, the Vikings pass protection should be a little bit better and that, that should help everybody along. Maybe Bradford can wait for some of those deep plays to evolve. Maybe Rudolph 
actually has a little bit increase in the yards per target because of that. Uh, yeah, I'm, you know, it's, it's another one. You, you, you can tell by a lot of these answers I have that it's very big tier of guys I would think would be acceptable. And I, I still think Rudolph falls into that. OK, so do you think how many about how many teams are you going to own? Uh, probably about eight or nine at this point. Do, do you think do you foresee yourself having a decent amount of Kyle Rudolph stock? Is he a guy you think you'll own a decent amount? Not so much or more than others. I think other people might be higher on him than me, thinking there's, you know, there, there's more to what he's offering. I, I'm not going to draft him for more. But, you know, if there's a point where, you know, people say, all right, I doubt that, and he falls into like round eight, then yeah, Rudolph will be there for me. Okay. Next guy down. And I got to tell you, this, this is one of those players that, based on context, boy, I liked him a lot last year, and I don't like so much this year. Mm. Hunter Henry. Hunter Henry last year caught. 36 for 478 and eight touchdowns. Um, he, the problem with Hunter Henry at an ADP of tight end eight and overall pick 87, which is round eight in PPR, this is according to MFL again, is that Gates, much as we look at him and say he's, you know, he's an old man, he's still there. And when Philip Rivers yeah. gets inside the 10-yard line, don't tell me he's not going to look for Gates sometimes. Because he's got to. He, that's, that's what he always – I mean, last year he did. He, Gates mm-hmm. would hobble around you look and say, slow, and, you know, Eureka, he got another touchdown. I, I, what, I, I, I suspect that I won't be owning much Hunter Henry. What about you? He's a guy that I like in ability, and I want to wait longer than I said about the Rudolphs and stuff like that to get him. You know, people taking him around seven, I think that's a little too much. Um, I believe I got him in round nine or 10 in the recent flex PPR draft I did, Wow! which, which is like, you know, I, I'm pretty sure it was that if it was round eight, maybe tight ends were going quickly there. But uh, yeah, Henry, you know, that's a guy like just outside the top, like the Rudolph type people that I'm like, all right, I'm going to take a chance here because, you, you know, you, you draft upside at that point in the draft anyway. And you hit the, the, the cross section of, of, of boring role versus exciting uh, ceiling. So, uh, you know, it, it, there's, I've heard rumblings that Antonio Gates, you know, they say once he gets the touchdown record this year, you know, they might rest him a little bit or he, you know, he might back off and try to like, you know, maybe mentor Henry a little bit more. I don't know if I believe half of that, but, you know, it's, it kind of reinforces, you know, how old Gates is and, how, it, you know, is he still going to be able to keep separation from defenders now? You know, Henry's, you know, very elusive for a big guy like him and, uh, you know, he can kind of versatile, he can be versatile and line up a little bit over the field. And, you know, th- th- it was too efficient last year, but I think with more targets, I think he could really stretch out the production there. You know, how much do we trust Mike Williams with the injury and all that stuff? You know, Travis Benjamin, Dontrell Illman, you know, probably those guys are going to cannibalize each other more so than the tight ends. Uh, you know, Keenan Allen, are we going to bank on him for a 16 game season? So, you know, Henry's one, like the first guy in like the, the middle rounds I'm like getting really excited about to kind of take a chance on and. Where it, where it really won't hurt me. See, I, I, I feel like that Gates is going to be like, remember how Seth Roberts was for the Raiders last year? Mm-hmm. That all the Cooper owners would get excited and the Raiders would be driving and then he'd throw a touchdown to Seth Roberts. <laughs> I think that's going to be Gates again. Oh, you're going to well. get down, you're going to say red zone, Hunter Henry. Hunter Henry is all right. He's got five catches for 62 yards already and this is a great game. And then Rivers mm-hmm. is going to throw a touchdown fast to Gates. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, banking on double-digit t- touchdowns is a bad idea. But right. a repeat of a repeat of last year with this year's volume is pretty rational. Okay, that's fair. So, yeah, everybody, 
Has your fantasy team ever caught the injury bug and a cost your shot at winning the league's prize? If so, look no further than Roto Assurance, the leader in fantasy sports insurance. Who uh, I, I started playing this 30 years ago, and I can't. it's amazing to me that there's a company selling Roto Insurance. I love it. It's just oh. fantastic. <laughs> We're living in we're living in fun times for sports. Fun times, exactly. <laughs> um, the insurance coverage by Road Insurance can save your league's investments with policies as low as four dollars a season. You can even get twenty percent off coverage this season using the promo code RotoWire during the month of August. It's easy. Just visit RotoInsurance.com where you can choose your sport, what coverage you want, your league's entry fee, and you can choose the players you want to insure. Don't lose your money this season due to injury. Protect your team at RotoInsurance.com. Tim, I asked a couple other people this week. If you had to pick a player besides Jordan Reed to insure on road assurance, who would it be? <laughs> Actually, no, no, no Reed, no Gronk. I was going to say that would have been pretty easy if, if, if I could do that. Uh, that's a really good question. Running, um, I'll go towards running back because we know about that. You know, I, you know, with this with this groin injury coming up, I would say Le'Veon Bell, I guess, because that's you know biggest uh, commitment yep. there for an injured guy so yeah, it's a huge commitment for Le'Veon Bell okay so there you go road assurance you're going to cover we, we, Tim's going to cover Le'Veon Bell all right we're going to go down a little further Martellus Bennett is tight end 11 per ADP and now we're getting to the point where the investment is not big no matter who we talk about mm-hmm. so if you kind of like a guy and you're intrigued by a guy it doesn't cost you too much to take him Martellus Bennett in Green Bay seems to have a lot of people excited are you excited about Martellus Bennett and Green Bay yeah enough um you know we talk about how the Packers you know had a really interesting tight end situation you know in, in previous years like you know people were all excited about Jared Cook last year that didn't pan out you know he still does go to you know guys like Richard Rodgers that sort of thing I, I'm excited in the way that if Bennett can you know somewhat come close to matching what he did last year as New England's second tight end or you know often first tight end with Gronk out that, 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 that's a good baseline uh, projection to have. Maybe not the seven touchdowns, but you know the ceiling for double digits is, is there because you know Rogers would spread the ball out to everybody because you know maybe Devontae Adams takes a, a step back in touchdowns this year. Randall Cobb's kind of useless when it comes to that sort of thing. You know he's relying on Jordy for that, and you know who else is he going to rely on if Adams takes a step back? It's probably going to be Bennett. So. Uh, you know, maybe Rodgers will stay in a block more or whatever. And, you know, they know they know what they have in Bennett, the, the Packers. They they know what they're using him. You know, we, we talked about Bennett in his career with the Cowboys, the Giants and the Bears. You know, the, the Bears use him one one year really well. But these are two offenses that know what to do when it comes to the passing attack. So I'm going to trust Bennett to be a top 12 uh, PPR tight end at the end of the season. Regardless, um, he was actually kind of top 10, top 12 last year with with that um you know, pressed into Patriots studio. So I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to run with that again. Yeah. He he was 55 catches, 700 yards and seven touchdowns. Yeah. It's pretty solid. In the beginning of the year, I think people got, a, got really fired up and with, we had Aaron Hernandez comps in their head mm-hmm. and, and you know, the numbers at the end, you look, they're not exciting, but for a tight end, they're pretty good. Yeah. So, well, you know, relative to position, got to keep telling yourself that. Exactly. All right. So, so related question, who in, on the Packers offense is undervalued to you? Mm. <laughs> I know my pick. Eh, well, if you want to call Jordy undervalued, I think he's getting a little bit too much, uh, you know, fear out of people. Uh, Ty Montgomery's probably my undervalued. Okay. Yeah, so, yo, you're on that train because there's some people who are way into that and others are – it's funny. He's a very polarizing guy right now. Yes, probably one of the most, I think. Um, um, Randall Cobb <laughs> for me. 
That's funny. Just as I call him useless. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. I, I, don't, I don't. I don't think he's useless, but I think that he's just kind of a you know station to station, catch to catch type of guy. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe he does come back and, and prove that he's got some juice left there. Uh, but you know, he he looked out of sorts that offense. I mean, maybe Rogers. Maybe Rogers was out of sync too because there was there you know there had been footwork issues with Rogers. Maybe his his short passing wasn't in there, but. You know, maybe like the late rounds, like a wide receiver four or five, I could see taking Cobb if I'm really desperate. So maybe right. I won't call it useless. I'll just say, you know, I wouldn't bank on a strong, strong rebound. Okay. Um, let's go down a little more. So OJ Howard. Mm-hmm. This one, I think, is, a, is an underperform. Um, it, I, I, actually, I, may, I think he could be really good at some point. I know we've got some history of rookies, you know, rookie tight ends don't do much. And everybody says, oh, no, draft rookie tight ends. They don't do anything. Um, O.J. Howard joins a Bucks team with a good quarterback, and they put a lot – they invested a lot in him draft stock-wise. But he's, all, he's on a team with Mike Evans and Deshaun Jackson and Cameron Brait, who's not a bad receiver. And, the, and the, the, the thing that keeps sticking out of my head that I feel like I'm hearing from smart people is that Howard will get hurt. Because he's a better blocker than Bright. Mm-hmm. So he's going to block more. Do you buy that? Absolutely. Uh, you know, the, the size is there for him to do the job. He's, he was drafted in mainly because of his inline ability. You know, the, the you know, tight end, as we keep saying, is a high collision position. You know, that's why you don't necessarily should buy in strongly in a, on rookies doing well out of the gate there. And Cameron Bright, anything to free him up from blocking, that's an advantage for the, the box, advantage for Jameis Winston. You know, Dirk Cutter likes to heave it. Uh, you know, it's a very vertical offense. Um, so, you know, having Bright more more downfield and less, you know, dink and dunky type is, is going to be good for this offense. And, you know, they, they need someone blocking to help, you know, Evans and Deshaun Jackson free up to go downfield. So Howard's probably going to be that guy the first year. I don't want him maybe maybe low end of the top 20 tight ends for me for the for the possibility that he does maybe slip through a lot off his blocks. But I don't see that happening as, mo- as much as most people think. I think Brait's the guy that benefits from this even more. I'd rather have a, a lot of other late round tight ends than Howard. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm on your I'm on your side with this one. And he's not late. He's he's going in round, let's say, nine or ten. That's insane. Which you can you, there's a lot of other guys that seem to be, you know, it's funny. Early, I think I was in a May draft where I picked O.J. Howard. And now I'm looking at him going, what in the world was I doing? <laughs> Well, that's why we don't, we're not supposed to draft in May. We have to to inform people, but it's terrible for playing the league out. Yep. <laughs> All right. Now we get to one of my favorites. <laughs> the, the hype train has been pretty, uh, pretty busy, pretty crowded this, uh, this summer. Eric Ebron. Mm-hmm. Eric Ebron is far from a perfect player. Drops passes sometimes, all that stuff. That, that, that's magnanimous of you to say. <laughs> that's very nice of you, yes. <laughs> um, last year, he, he caught close to five passes a game. He's in his fourth year. He's on a team where with the targets, the receiving targets, not so great. There's no superstars jumping out there. Okay, sorry, Kenny Galladay, truthers. We don't know what's going to happen there yet. I am so on the Ebron train this season. You see, you seem a little more skeptical. You mocked me a little bit. You snickered. No, I just know you mentioned it every podcast. I was very excited to talk about I it. I do not. <laughs> I, I want to check the tape on that one. <laughs> not every. <laughs> I think I actually think you made one podcast where you promised not to talk about him. So I'll give you that one. <laughs> um, I get it. I like you know the, the athleticism is huge. His ability to move around is great. 
the red zone pro- projection there could be ridiculous. I'm not saying Kenny Galladay is the next second coming or anything, but there's a lot to like about him too. And I think there's a lot of cannibalization that could go on between Ebron and, and Galladay if Galladay remains as the number three or whatever. I, I know Golden Tate, Marvin Jones, that, that means Ebron's that highest third of the peck north because I think Marvin Jones is heavily undervalued. Okay. I think people aren't talking about that enough. Um, you know, Stafford loves to spread the ball around. I think I think Ebron is great for Stafford. That's why I like Stafford as a nice middle rounds quarterback because people kind of underestimate his weapons there. Um, and then, but then you have Theoretic lining up in the slot too. I know you love Theoretic too, which I, I do, do as well. Um, so there's a lot of things that, you know, weekly production from Ebron is going to be terrible. I'd rather own him in a best ball so I won't have to make that choice ever. Yeah. I, want the, uh, I want the upside there for sure. I'll say a top 15 tight end for me. I think probably top 12 in most, probably even even you know in a PPR, that probably bumps them up a little bit more. So I agree with you. Don't get me wrong. I just think it's a very packed tier with other guys I want with, with Ebron being there. So I'm not going to hone in on him and, and focus on getting him. Okay. All right. So who do I need to stop talking about? Lynch, <laughs> Mixon, Cousins, Ebron. Um, who else? Who am I missing? Well, I, I, I like Cousins, so keep talking about him as long as you want. Yeah, actually, well, don't. Actually, don't, right? Yeah, right. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm looking at the wide receivers. Let's see. Pryor, maybe? Yeah, well, I like Pryor, too, so it's yeah. fine. Tyreek Hill. I need to stop talking about Tyreek yeah. Hill. Yeah, there you go. All right. Everybody, um, if you have players that you're sick of hearing about on this podcast, please tweet me, at jhalpin37, or you can tweet him, at Tim, <laughs> Tim at Tim underscore 80. Just let us know what you're, what you're sick of hearing about. Um, <laughs> Next guy, uh, Jack Doyle. The, the logic behind Jack Doyle, whose bandwagon has also gotten somewhat crowded this summer, mm-hmm. is that well, Dwayne Allen's not there, and Jack Doyle was really efficient, and now he's the last man standing in his position, and he's pretty good, and now Luck's going to throw to him all the time. That's, that's, that's an oversimplification, but that's the basic logic, that it's a great fit. Um, do you think Jack Doyle – is Jack Doyle a guy you would like to own at, at the current cost? I believe I drafted him in a best ball really, really early in the offseason as well, you know, May or whatever. So I see it. Uh, another top 15 guy where I'm like, all right, the opportunity is there. I'd like to see him fall. You know, uh, Peter Shanky loves uh, Eric Swoop, I believe, as a sleeper. You know, I don't think Doyle's much of a blocker from what I understand of him. So I could see, you know, Swoop being the guy to, to block and Doyle freeze up. And, and the, the number three Colts wide receiver picture is so messy that Doyle would be, you know, a blanket of security in that whole mess as well. You know, they throw the running backs a little bit, not much. You know, Frank Gore actually did up his reception total last year, and Robert Turbin's kind of got the skill there. Yeah, I, I, I understand it. Um, am I, you know, am I screaming, oh, I got Jack Doyle in round nine? Not really. Uh, but, you know, Andrew Luck being healthy, I, I think the Andrew Luck health stuff is coming around to the positive side from what it seems to be the hype is. So, um, yeah, Doyle's okay. I'm not going to scream that I got him. All right. You know what I, I'm enjoying about this conversation? I mean, I always enjoy talking with you, but what I'm enjoying about this is you, you are showing everybody here that you are, you're not in love with anybody. You, you see, the, the conversation I'm having with you is telling me that you're just going to let the draft fall to you. And maybe it's just this position. It's this position more than anything, I think. All right, because you're kind of <laughs> going, everybody, you're like, yeah, you know, he's fine. I can see taking him there. Maybe I won't, maybe I will. And, and you're not waffling. You're just kind of offering pretty solid arguments about, you know, I'm not going completely crazy about this guy, but if he's the right price, I'll take him. Well, tight end is a position, that, like I said before, if it, unless it's like weighted scoring for a tight end catch or something like that. I think there's so much, you know, homogeny in these um, in, in these tiers that it's like, all right, well, I pick this guy, pick this guy. And I think that's the way you should approach tight end because it's, it's most most of the time it's one slot to start. 
So, you know, if you have a short bench, it's going to be hard to carry two. So you kind of have to almost rotate the, the matchups a little bit here. So, you know, I, I like getting a Gronk. I like getting a Kelsey if I can. But you shouldn't base your draft around getting an elite tight end unless the scoring system really favors it. Okay. That's my, that's my philosophy. That's a good philosophy this year. I think I agree with you. There's a lot of, there's a lot of options. I agree. Everybody, we recommend you go to fantasysportsmarkets.com. Fantasy Sports Markets has the best DFS contests available. Cash awards, big bonus prizes every day, as always with Fantasy Sports Markets. There's no salary caps. You can draft who you want on your roster. Try the free-to-enter preseason football contest, and the prize is a copy of Madden 18, which I think is out next week. Um, this is the it's seventh. coming out. Yeah. Yeah. My son made me pre-order it, as I've mentioned already. So he's all set. Um, Smart boy. Smart boy. I like that. Yeah. He's actually asking what – he got the GOAT edition and he's asking me who he should take. Are you a Madden player? Uh, I haven't played Madden since like college, which is almost, you know, what, uh, 10 years ago-ish for me. So I can't speak to the current editions. So So he's he's actually standing outside my door. So the the GOAT players are Brady, Deion Sanders, Barry Sanders. Who else, Luke? Ray Lewis. Oh, wow. And Jerry Rice. Who would you take from that group? Oh, man. Barry Sanders or Jerry Rice for me, probably. You know, you wait on quarterback. <laughs> wait on a quarterback. Take Barry Sanders uh, or Jerry Rice. There you go. I, uh, I, yeah, Barry Sanders is probably the most, the most exciting one to own for me, as much as Jerry Rice is Jerry Rice. Okay. So. I agree. I, I actually said Barry Sanders because he'd be the most fun to watch. Oh, for our, sure. And to play with. Yeah. play with, for sure. Yeah. All right. Um, register today for Fantasy Sports Markets and get the promo. Enter the promo code Rotowire to get fifteen dollars in promotional credit to t- towards your contest entries. It's available to all U.S. residents. Go to fantasysportsmarkets.com today. Thanks, Fantasy Sports Markets. All right, we're going to go to some late round guys. Um, a lot of people you talked about the, the guys we're sick of talking about. I'm not sick of talking about this guy yet. It hasn't been too much. Austin Hooper's getting a lot of run around here. Are, are you buying the Austin Hooper logic? Yeah, you just, you just called me boring for saying everyone's okay. I think <laughs> I'm excited for Hooper. I'll say that. Uh, the, you know, it's, it's one of those guys where you, you get to skip the tier of mediocrity or, or, you know, whatever. And here's the guy that could really pay off for you. You know, I, you know Kyle Shanahan leaving is going to probably get people less excited about the offense, sure. You know, but Jacob Tammy and, and Levine Toyololo, you know, were, you know, hog and all that stuff. I think Hooper's ready this year to really, really expand his horizons. I mean, you know, you don't want to point to the Super Bowl for everything in fantasy. But, you know, the fact that he was kind of, you know, a little bit more dominant in that game, you know, showed a little bit more of, of, of physical ability. I think that's going to kind of help him rise above, you know, the Taylor Gabriel, the Mohamed Sanu this year is being a real weapon for, for Matt Ryan. You know, Matt Ryan needs a little bit more of a guy to kind of, you know, take, take a step up with, uh, with Sarkeesian as, as the offensive coordinator. I think there's a little bit more tight end love with Sarkeesian, if I remember correctly, uh, in his offensive career as a coordinator. So, um, yeah, I mean, Hooper's the guy that in, in like the, 20, 20 or below tight end in ADP that I'm really, really excited about. All right. So, so yeah, I actually have asked people about that. I, I don't, I don't have any kind of grip on what I think to, ex- I should expect from Sarkeesian in Atlanta, mm-hmm. but it's more, it, more, more tight end love. That's, that's what I, you- I, I would imagine maybe I'm, I'm totally wrong about this, but I think that these, you know, Shanahan, you know, people talk about the, the, the flanker receiver, the number one receiver being the heavy target there and kind of filling it wherever um, Hooper seems like it would be, a, a guy that would be a good transition piece as the as the Sarkeesian, um, you know, method of offense comes into play, you know, to, to focus on him getting a little bit more. You know, I think at this point it's kind of up for grabs to see who can get more targets behind Julio Jones. I like I like Gabriel as a player, but the volume is not going to be there. I like Sanu as a player, but he's very, very, you know, PPR dependent type. I think Hooper is the perfect balance of those guys where the big plays can can match that. All right. Um, similar tier. Couple of rookies. Um, Evan Angram. 
and David Joku. Uh, they're both going. Basically, they're sandwiching uh, Hooper in ADP. Engram is 15, Hooper 16, Joku 17. Hooper's clearly better than those two guys. I believe so. I'll, yeah. I'll argue that for sure. What about um, those two guys, though? Yeah, I, I'm not the biggest fan of either. Um, I, I see the I see the allure keeper league. I definitely want I probably want Ingram in a keeper league more so because you know maybe the, you believe the offense a little bit for the next few years. Uh, maybe I'll take Njoku this year just because there seems to be a clear path if he can kind of break loose of the of the blocking aspect of things. I know I I know I you know docked OJ Howard for that this year, but you know the the, the Browns have guys like Set the Valve and you know Randall Randall Telfer who are listed ahead of him right now, but that's just rookie you know uh, tempering I guess of expectations. I, I think Njoku has enough guys that could take the blocking load off him that they can, you know, de- 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 um, you know, depose him as a weapon, deploy him as a weapon, you know, ahead of, you know, Ricardo Luis or Rashad Higgins, get him in that slot, move him around, create some exciting stuff. I, I, I trust Hugh Jackson more than Ben McAdoo in how to make someone exciting on offense as well. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm asking you, you've probably heard this, me ask this question already. Speaking of anger, like I look at anger and I go, if he catches 50 passes for 605 touchdowns, I think that's a, that's a win. Yes. yes. And that's not that great. You can, you can easily find guys, even in that tier, you can find guys better than that. Like I'd, yeah. I'd rather take my shot with Kobe Fleener than yeah. go Evan Engram. Uh, yeah, I'll probably back that up. I'll agree. All right. Um, but yeah, back to, to uh, having been a longtime Giants fan, how are they going to score again? How's that going to happen? <laughs> Paul Perkins. Ugh, really? Yeah. Well, round seven, I love Paul Perkins, but uh, you know, that's a whole different story. Um, you know, Beckham's good in the red zone. Brandon Marshall's there, but you know, Marshall, I think people might be overvaluing a little bit. Yes. Um, you know, separation is not really there for him anymore. Maybe there will be, if he gets one-on-ones all the time, maybe that'll help him with the better quarterback. But you know, like around six, Brandon Marshall, I'm like, all right, you know, calm down a bit. <laughs> <laughs> right. Exactly. And the other thing, did you watch the, uh, did you see the clips the other day from Giants camp with Eric Flowers basically just getting just whiffing on people. Uh, no, I, I had this ar- uh, argument with people with the flex draft. I, the, the tackle playing for the Giants is awful. Right. I don't think people realize that. People people blame Eli for being you know a little you know qu- slow with the trigger, but I, I don't I don't I think it's a, a dual problem. Oh, both parts. Of that. The line's terrible. Yeah, I don't. Get Out, outside especially. Yeah. yeah, I don't get this at all. Okay, um, going way down the ladder. I'm going to bring up one guy, and it might be this. You might come up with the same guy. I'm not sure. Uh, right now, if you if you use the theory, it's funny. I, I talked to someone, a couple people last week. I know Mike Selfina was one about the the zero bad quarterback idea. Well, you know, mm, yeah. and, and this this is mostly focused early in drafts. But you know, don't don't put a lot of stock in guys who are on teams with bad quarterbacks because they're not going to score a lot of points. Fair enough. But you get late, and you can take more shots. And you look at the Jets with Quincy and Nunwa out. So he's going to dump off about 900 passes to Bilal Powell, probably. Underestimation. Yes. <laughs> After that, if you're going to throw beyond the line of scrimmage, it's Robbie Anderson or Austin Safarian Jenkins. That's it. I mean, that's what yeah. you got. And Austin Safarian Jenkins seems like, I know he's had issues in the past, that seems like the guy. You look and you go, there's upside here, right? I mean, if, I mean they're not going to score much and they're going to be awful, but they're also going to be behind a lot. Yeah, I'm back on the train. All right. <laughs> I am. Um, you know, 25th tight end ADP. I love him. That yeah. sort of thing. Um, you know, best ball leagues, I like him because there is that matchup thing that, you know, Josh McCown has flashes of okay play for, you know, the first, early in the season, they could realize that Safarian Jenkins is an important part because they can actually hit him. Now, will it help if, you know, Bryce Petty or Hackenberg 
take over. And, you know, but, you know, the theory goes they'll lean on him because they don't have anything else. And even with even with better receivers, the, 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 the raw quarterbacks will lean on the tight end is the way the theory goes. So, yeah, I mean, you know, post type sleeper type guys, that, that's one we have to revisit. All right. Yeah, I'm 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 on this Farian Jenkins train too. Are we in any drafts? I don't know if we're in any drafts together. I don't think we are. I don't think so, which is good. We can right. we can, you know, we can divide and conquer. So. <laughs> yes. Anybody <laughs> else really late that you like? Uh Dwayne Allen, you know, just just for the, you know, what happens, what if Gronk, you know, which is a little bit more what if than other people want to do. You know, if I'm drafting for the first couple of weeks and Jordan Reed's out, Vernon Davis would be nice. Um, you know, Jared Cook, if you really want to trust the Raiders, which I don't when it comes to the tight end position because they do spread it out a lot. But, uh, you know, I'm always okay to take the Jared Cook final round in a deep league uh, dice roll. I would love to figure out the Bears tight end situation. Yeah, I think because I think that would be a very productive position if you can own the whole position. (laughs) Because, you know, with Adam Shane there and Deion Sims, who's actually got a little little bit of skill to him uh, and, uh, you know, and the starter Zach Miller. That's a that's a lot of decent options for a guy like Trubisky to really kind of you know be good out of the gate if he does get the starting job. So I like that position as a whole. I just have to have to figure out which one to take. I, I like it's funny if I thought if I was sure Zach Miller was going to play, I'd be I'd be excited about that one. Yeah, late. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah. what about the Rams? They drafted what? Yeah, Everett, right. Mm-hmm. I don't. That's know. an interesting one too. But Tyler Higby is in a position to take a step forward too. Right. So he's he's been there the extra year. So I like I took Evers my number three in a best ball that you know the, the fish ball the really deep one with me too. He's, he's supposed to start tight ends. So whatever it's a number three. Who cares? But you know the, the guy to watch. I agree with you. Yep. All right, everybody, listeners, this podcast can get a free 10-day RotoWire trial, rotowire.com slash pod. No credit card required. That lets you check out nearly all the features on the site. Check it out now, rotowire.com slash pod. So, so Tim, I know after you hang up with me, uh, you've got a news shift. What else are you doing at RotoWire this week and, and moving forward? Well, uh, I'm excited to be during the season with you on Thursdays. We're keeping our uh, our normal day, so I'll, I'll be sure to have plenty of coffee every week with you. Uh, it's always <laughs> a good sign. Uh, we're running we're running a blog uh, thing called uh, Draft Duels. Uh, we've been doing quarterbacks, running backs, wide receivers. Coming out tomorrow will be tight ends to complete the set. You'll have you know four to choose from there. We kind of go back and forth with a bunch of uh, RotoWire experts and uh, you know decide which guy with close ADPs that we want to take. You know, like uh, like Jordan Howard or Jay Ajayi, or you know th- this week tight ends. Very very appropriate time to discuss that i guess uh you know do you want to take um you know jordan reed or, or um i believe it was i believe it was tyler eifert uh so yeah you know stuff like that going on uh news i'll be doing some a little bit of video during the season facebook live uh, q a sometime during the week maybe friday maybe sunday uh for lineup questions on facebook you can catch us there twitter we're always we're answering questions i run the social media for rotowire so i'll be i'll be manning that and making sure that we don't give the you know too bad an answer uh, but yeah, it's just a whole lot of everything. You guys tweet at me if you want, and uh, you know we can chat. Tweet at him at Tim underscore Heaney H E A N E Y. That's great, Tim. Thanks, man. I appreciate. Thank you this. so much. I'm looking forward to this season. Every Thursday during the season, you'll be able Woo. to listen to us, everybody. Yeah. All right. No one else excited but us. <laughs> yeah, come on. There's <laughs> at least three kidding, or four excited people out They're there. They're happy listening to you. They're happy yeah. listening to you. Yeah, happy to listen yeah. to me. That's it. Like I said, like you said, I, unless I'm talking about Eric Ebron all the time anymore. <laughs> everybody, if you like this podcast, please, please, please leave us a review and a rating. If, if they're gonna they're gonna beat me with sticks if we if we don't improve our iTunes podcast ranking. So get on that for us, okay? Thanks a lot. It, thanks for listening to this edition of the Road to Our Fantasy Football Podcast, sponsored by Yahoo Fantasy Football. Our next episode's coming up on Friday. Please check back then for more great fantasy football info. And remember, Tim and I, every Thursday during the season. For Tim Heaney, I'm John Halpin. See you back here next time.
Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.